things like my boss is 30, <laughs> Andy's my son, to uh, the next oldest person in the church is 30. Yeah. I had a, a grandmother came to church a, a couple of months ago, and I went up to her afterwards and said, well, how was it? She said, man, it was so odd to be the oldest person in church. And I'm like, well, welcome to my world. This is the first yeah. Sunday since we launched that somebody older than me is in the church. Yeah. Hey, I'm Chad. And I'm Jason. And we're talking all things church planting. Sharing stories and strategies to help you reach your city. This is the Send Columbus podcast. Welcome back to the Send Columbus podcast. So today we are joined by the father and son duo the petersons the petersons dwight and luke peterson welcome to the podcast good to be here thank you and luke welcome back to the you are part of a very small group of people what a privileged group have been off you yeah twice well we'll have to put that on the family christmas list put it on your resume i don't know that that's something you want to be known for you know this podcast especially i mean it's blowing up yeah 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 you say that, man, but every time we go anywhere, now, yeah, yeah. Let's hey, let's thank our our sponsor, Lexus of Columbus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The sheriff, the sheriff of Delaware County. Put County. it on the Christmas letter. You'll probably get a thousand hits. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Now four okay. of them will be relatives hitting it two hundred fifty times again. each. Yeah, we'll take the hits however they come. Yeah. So glad to have you guys here. Yep. And you made the drive up, so thanks for coming to oh, yeah. the the studio, which is the staff breakout room of LifePoint. It's Church a different Medicine. room for me. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, now been right. in two of these rooms. Yeah, that's right. That's You've right. been in a lot of rooms at LifePoint. That's you've true. Assessed, that's so. right. Well, tell us a little bit. So we've obviously had Luke on. You can tell a little bit more about um, the Capital Church if you'd like, but maybe just about your guys's relational dynamic, how you guys came uh, together to to plant uh, here in Columbus. Yeah, that's a man. It, uh, a lot of details in that story, but I mean, kind of the flyover is, you know, years ago felt like God was drawing me to church planting. Which, you know, the the person I was on the podcast with last, Kyle Sparks, was kind of the guy uh, who was in that day one uh, with me, and so we walked that road for a couple of years and went through training and you know all that type of stuff. And then once we kind of identified you know, we're going to go to Columbus, we're going to also start a college ministry, you know, all of that. We started hiring staff. And one of the things that occurred to me is like, we are so young. Um, you know, like Kyle and I are are now both 30. But this is a couple of years ago, when we're hiring staff, that was all, you know, young 20s. And, um, you know, my dad and I have always had a relationship, he was always a quick call of mine in any type of like ministry context. And, um, you know, adds a lot of pastoral horsepower. So I kind of brought it, you know, to our sending church of like, you know, one of the great weaknesses of our team is we're young and pretty inexperienced. And, um, you know, I think we have an idea potentially of adding some age, wisdom, pastoral horsepower. Um, and, and so we, we started that conversation, you know, he kind of got brought in even the elders of our sending church to, know kind of walk the road like is it a fit does it make sense is now the right time um all those types of things and it was i mean we we really wanted it to happen as people got eyes on it it was like you know i think this could be a good thing we have called our our staff team a walking dual relationship (laughs) um so we've had to figure that out you know 
he's 63, I'm 30. And so we're, uh, you know, not, not only navigating the father and son, but like super different generations. And, mm. yeah. but yeah. Dwight, what drew you to wanting to be a part of what he was doing here? Well, first it, it really is been part of our dynamic. Not every father and son can do this kind of thing, but in the world in which we lived, you know, from things like I coached, the, the sports I coached, Luke played. He was always a guy who, you know, can you help me think through this? Can you help me with that? So there was always that dynamic going on. But I had spent my life, uh, first 20 years of ministry, I was a youth pastor. Then I uh, moved into the university context to teach youth ministry. So... I'd always dreamed of something like this, but really thought that, you know, I'm at a point in my life where that's probably never going to happen. So for Bonnie and I, it was, wow, everything. I mean, to me, I felt like if I was God and I wanted to get somebody ready to do what they're asking me to do, I'd have them work in church for a while. I'd have them work in a university context. And I even had that part of my experience was coaching at uh, Scranton University, which was a secular context. It was like I, you know, you're looking at this saying, wow, God just put the resume together. And it was, I loved Kyle. Luke and I had the kind of relationship we felt like could, you know, we could navigate that. Uh, Not that it was going to be smooth sailing, but we could navigate that. And uh, it was, it was easy for us to be part of something exciting and being back in church. I loved church. I loved working at a church. And uh, to be able to sort of end our ministry years doing this is amazing. We're ju- we just couldn't be happier uh, about the choice. People and, ask and mom's me, a big part of that, too. I yeah. mean, you know, having to be bought into, you know, living a life around. Like our church is does not have many people who look like you in it right now. Yeah, I, I've age, kidded so. people that uh, things like my boss is thirty, <laughs> <laughs> Andy's my son, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> the next oldest person in the church is thirty. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a grandmother came to church a, co- a couple of months ago, and I went up to her afterwards and said, "Well, how was it?" She said, "Man, it was so." odd to be the oldest person in church and i'm like well welcome to my world this is the first (laughs) sunday since we launched that somebody older than me is in the church yeah uh but yeah and and even that was great too bonnie's skills what she loves what she brings to the table were perfect for what we were going to need as a church um it was just a a an obvious indicators all over the place that this was a move that uh, God had. In, our phrase is that God had this in mind all along. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So did you always think you were going to be your dad's boss? <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. Honestly, <laughs> that, that he hasn't been for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was like pretty late in the process where like we had, you know, hired Kyle kind of from the beginning. We had hired Harrison and Lydia to you know, lead our college ministry. That was like the team initially. And so, and even Kyle went to the university. Kyle and I had developed a relationship. Kyle was a guy who would, you know, say, Hey, can I talk to you? Can we go to lunch? So there was, Mm. 
in the start of it, there was already a dynamic. Because I brought it to the team that was already there of like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And it was you know, unanimous of like, I think we need that. Um, so I don't, I think even our church needs that, but I think we needed that as a staff. So yeah, yeah. very cool. One of the reasons we wanted to have you guys uh, on in this communication portion of, of we're doing a series on communication right now. And we, we were talking the other day uh, or a while back about your communication lab that you've developed. So we want to hear more about, about that and what you guys are doing and how you're utilizing it to grow and develop leaders. Because one of the things we've talked about is I don't, I don't know what it is about someone's communication style or preaching in general, but it, it feels very personal. So like if you ask somebody or tell somebody, well, that, you know, that you need to grow in this area, whatever, it feels very personal, yeah. you know? So what I think that often happens with that is guys don't develop mm-hmm. and they, or that they develop slowly or they just, they just learn through repetition with there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think what you guys are doing, not just with, preachers but communicators in general is you're giving a a, a runway a, a path for development that i really love so yeah. you want to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing yeah so we you know we used to have what we called sermon lab which was you know like whoever was preaching sunday and whoever's preaching thursday night at our college gathering like we i think it was wednesday afternoon at the time and You know, so whoever's preaching, you know, to the college ministry would come with like mostly a completed sermon. Sunday was was pretty similar. And then we kind of just sit down a few of us and navigate it. Part of that was like, you know, potential adjustments. Part of that was, you know, just giving confidence to the preacher. Like, hey, what you have is good. What you have is the right thing. Um, And so that, you know, we felt like that was valuable. But then I asked a girl on our staff, not related to communication at all, but like, hey, what do we ask you to do that? you feel unequipped for in very quickly was any type of communication environment. And what, what we learned was like, we have a really young staff and a lot of them like, you know, Harrison and Lydia who were our staff at the time for college, they, they got saved in college um, and then started like leading small groups and then got brought onto staff. So when, when we came here, it, like Harrison's first sermon he ever preached was a preview service here. And a second one was like our kickoff, college kickoff. So, you know, I mean, you're talking like in the earliest days of, of preaching. And so we were giving time and energy to him. And what we didn't realize was, you know, Lydia was having a lot of public communication opportunities. She was like hosting and services. She was closing them down. She was teaching, you know, a class to big groups of students. Like she, she had many of those, even sometimes on Sunday morning, like, you know, hosting, like, Hey, here's what's going on in the college ministry. And she felt like, I don't, nobody's taught me how to do this well. I don't know if I'm doing it well. I feel insecure. I don't know how to create it. Like all of these types of things. And I was just feeling like, you know, that is so fair that you feel that way because we haven't given time and energy to helping you do that well. So then we kind of morphed it from like sermon lab to communication lab where, you know, right now our whole staff is in it because our church size is such that like all of us just have public communication platforms, um, and so we created this ultimately for like a summer it, it, initially. It was like we sat down. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, Dad, you taught like a pastoral preaching at the university. And so he has a lot of context. Um, I had taken a bunch of preaching classes through like Bible college and seminary and then had been doing it for a few years. And so we kind of just sat down and felt like our staff needs the best things we've ever learned. And, and we think even into the future as we're hiring like, 
you know, young staff on that we hope can be trained up and sent out. It's like, we, we actually do need a pathway for people to have no experience and no idea how to create it to doing it really well. Uh, and, and even dynamic people who are gifted at different things and, um, you know, would teach differently and you know, passionate about different things. So we, we wanted to create something that we feel like, you know, could be taught for, for years and years and years to oncoming people we would make those of us, you know, who are a little bit more experienced, even better throughout the process. So that's kind of how communication lab was born. We, we, we created it for like a several week thing. We did like once a week with our full staff and it, it was going so well that we decided to kind of keep it. And so now it's, you know, we've kind of gone through a bunch of content, but now it's kind of like evaluation of all of our public communication in the last week. And then a look ahead to the upcoming week, like whoever's got any public communication, like let's talk about it. Where are you going? What are you trying to say? Yeah, it's given us to a ability to do assessment mm-hmm. that isn't personality driven, that isn't philosophically driven. Methodology. Whether, yeah, yeah. whether it's announcements or whatever, because we're able to say, okay, let's evaluate, you know, this hosting, let's evaluate this message. This shepherding for, you know, for our worship leaders. And and say, okay, how did they do in this area, this area, this area? And it has, you know, it's really helped us grow and improve, whether it be, again, evaluating what is happening or me coming in like I did uh, already this week for Sunday I'm preaching to say, here's what I'm thinking about communicating, and I'm getting feedback related to the principles that we've talked about and sort of hold as uh, this is what needs to be uh, true of any type of communication. So here I am, 63, uh, and I have that training. Been been doing it a long time, taught it, train it, but I'm learning (laughs) as I'm getting a different perspective because, again, you know, what might be clear to me may not be clear to somebody else, but we both are shooting for clarity as an example. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is your, what does it look like structurally? Like you, the process. yeah. What's the process once a week? Yeah. Now it's once this? a week on yeah. Mondays on from Mondays. one to three. Okay. So okay. Mondays is a, a lot of, you know, a lot of staff, you know, different meetings and that type of stuff. So that's kind of where it's landed. It's helped us because, our college ministry meets on Thursday nights and then, you know, Sunday morning. So it has given like all of our communication upcoming in the week publicly at our gatherings, a, a lot of space to, to be able to work on it with some voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's, that's really what it looks like now. I mean, we kind of boiled everything down. We kind of see this as like a living document that we hope just keeps getting better over time. Like even now in communication lab, like I'll come across something or hear something or read something in all like, you know, Monday rolls around, I'll say, Hey, I heard this. And so like, you know, let me add this voice or this person said this, I think it's helpful about, you know, whatever. So we're trying to improve it and keep it rolling, but we've kind of simplified everything down to true, clear, compelling, concise, and Christ-centered as like our, our evaluations. Um, and really, again, all the, the first four, you know, whether you're teaching the Bible or you're trying to explain how to do a computer, you know, the Christ-centered one is obviously a new one. But again, it, it enables us to say, okay, help us. Let's evaluate how you did in those things last week, which is part of the structure. How did, how did we do? 
let's evaluate all communication from shepherding between songs to hosting to the closing to the message. And then it's also, okay, talk to us about what you're planning to do and how are we doing on those five yeah, areas. And I think it, I think it's given an opportunity for even the best communicators around us to have like actually helpful feedback and with like power and relationship and staff dynamics all at play, it still gives an opportunity for somebody to give like a, a really helpful, you know, opinion. So like one of the things we'll do, like we all have of those five, like things we lean, we do pretty well and like weak areas. And so, you know, we've done different things in that first hour, you know, that's like, okay, you know, this person preached at salt company, what was of the five, the, the thing they did best and what was the thing they did worst. Um, and so everybody kind of gets an opinion. There's something, you know, to take. I've done just to raise the temperature in the room, like, you know, rate it one to 10 and, you know, why or that type of thing. And, and I think what's been helpful is they, I would die. Staff, I would hate that so much. Yeah, well, the, the, thing, the thing that has been helpful is like our whole staff is hearing like he preaches and I'm giving like, con- like constructive, like, I don't think that went well. I think that was pretty unclear. So now it's like nobody's off limits, Yeah, you know? Well, and that was, it was really helpful for me, though, honestly, it was difficult. (laughs) I was getting roasted, and one of them was, (laughs) we look at one of them said, okay, let's take all the communication just in general, not a particular message, and it came to me, of the five... It was like, what, yeah, generally... yeah. What's your weakest area, if I had to guess, generally? What's so your, it was as a communicator, what does Dwight is his weakest point? When they said clear, collectively, it was like everybody agreed. I was devastated oh. because to me, first, in the world I went in, everybody always said, when, when we're done, we know what you were saying. I taught it. But what that helped me is that, in essence, what they were saying, like for me, I had to learn... I was giving, for instance, so much information that the volume of information began to cloud the point I was trying to make. Yeah. And so, again, that's not a philosophical thing. You know, you don't, it, nobody tells you you have to give so many verses, but I can make a point and give so many verses that eventually people forget what the point was. Yeah. Yeah. So even me getting that input, again, helps me understand that clarity is about my audience and was it clear to that group of people and they're telling me no and here's what you can do that would be helpful yeah i heard somebody say one time like communication is not what you said but what people heard Mm. and and so you know for us it's like we're all postured as listeners and we're all there on sunday morning so if we don't know what you were talking about we're more invested than the average person so they definitely don't know you know by lunchtime so and it it happened again I came in this week again, I'm preaching on Sunday, and I'm talking about the Bible, and I said, okay, I have four benefits from reading the Bible, and basically it was, no, that's too much. You really seemed really passionate about the fourth one. Do the whole message just on the fourth one. And, you know, it's like, that. that's great. It helps me. So I'm looking forward to coming in. And it, you know, I feel like I've said to people that I think I'm a way better preacher. In fact, that was one of the things I said to Luke, uh, because I came out of a world having preached in a different world. And my comment to him was, I don't want, I don't want to learn to be bilingual. Mm -hmm. 
And I want to learn to, okay, if I'm in this kind of Christian background, I'm going to preach this way. And if I'm with people who don't know God, I'm going to preach this way. What I'm learning is the more clear I am, for instance, it doesn't matter whether you're 80 and grew up in church your whole life or you were invited by your friend and never been in church. It doesn't, that, that's going to be as powerful for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's been extremely helpful. And honestly, I feel like I, I'm probably a much better communicator now than I was before, even thinking I was okay before. Yeah, but, but think about it too, what you're, what you're um, demonstrating to those younger folks that here I am, I'm, I'm 63, I've literally taught this. And, and I'm willing to receive your half my age yeah. perspective. Preach 10 sermons in his life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like that's, that's humility, but that also teaches him that maybe I could be a lifelong learner in how I'm communicating too, which is pretty, pretty cool that you're kind of showing him that without even explicitly showing him that, you know? And we all kind of feel like, I know at this point in my life, I don't want to be as good of a communicator as I'll ever be right now. And, you know, if I don't have legitimate insight and opinions into my communication, then I, I am going to be as good because I'm always going to think I'm doing it the best. You know, right. it's going to be a sermon that I think is good or I wouldn't have created it that way. And so to have other people speaking into it actually gives, you know, some, some helpful. And it, and it is growth. a principle of communication is that I think all of us want to be very good and we have a tendency to build around us people who don't really tell us the truth. Or good is determined by, for instance, strictly and only how true you were to the text. Right. Okay, you made a valid point, but, you know, it wasn't in your point or or those types of things. Or nobody far from God is compelled at all. Right. And I find it was great for me. And fortunately, I, I had been prepared for it because I, <laughs> I was married to a truth teller. Um, but to be in a world, in an environment where people love you enough, you want the truth. Yeah. You want to hear somebody say that that wasn't very good or, you know, that that was poor mm-hmm. or whatever. And I need to hear that. Yeah. And we have a young staff, honestly, that is really hungry for growth and really hungry for feedback. And so this has allowed for some like constructive, like legitimate directions you can go. Like we've said to, you know, some, like a, a, one of the girls on staff, you're, you're so concerned about saying true things that you're pretty weak and compelling. Like we don't even see your personality because you, you look tight and uncomfortable. And so you're, you're lower and compelling just because you're so nervous about saying something untrue. Um, so what's helpful for her now is like as she's watching communication, you know, e- even in entertainment on TV at church, wherever, you know, she she's able to look more with an eye towards I'm not that compelling. What can I do to become more compelling? Or can I listen to a comedian who's captured an entire stadium just telling stories? Like what do they do super well, and how can that translate to really powerful communication about the Bible? Yeah. Well, I think uh, we have enough here to do two, a two-part episode, so it's it's really great. Um, oh yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we'll probably split this up and do the two, uh, which would be really great. 
Sounds good. But, uh, but thanks so much, you guys, yeah, for being thank here. Thank you all, all for, uh, yeah, for th this was really great. I, I really love what you're doing. 